the plumbing started to fail. So it was little at first. So there's a vacant unit. So usually when you have plumbing and any investor that's really seasoned and, and dealt with properties that's been vacant for a while, you know, when you go in and start using the plumbing and it has been used in a while, then you're really subject to have backups and stuff until that system kind of gets acclimated again. And so we started having backups. Okay. Initially, okay, well, this vacant units, that's normal. You know, then it kept going and it kept growing. Well, what happened was, again, nobody asked the questions. So they started with the plumbing failing, cast iron pipes, everything started failing. Sewage backing up everywhere. This is where I got off. So where I got off was the owner didn't want to fix it. They knew what it was, tried to do everything to circumvent it. And it was expensive to, to address. I, I get it. I understand. But they didn't want to fix it. And they expected for the people to stay. This is Mike Headley. We are back. It's been a little bit of a minute before I, it's the last time I kind of uh, done a show. Uh, actually, it's feel like it's internally because we had all these shows backed up. Oh, man. We will hit you off with something beautiful today. We have this brother here where I was featured on this podcast about a month or two ago. And we want to salute him on that. This brother right here has been in the game for 19 years. So be ready to be razzle-dazzled and... Uh, Hit with a lot of knowledge, some stories, just with a ton of great experience. So you can take your business and kind of run with it because he's going to open it all up. He told me, he said, hit me with any questions we got. Because you would be sent over like a little script. He said, hey, just pour it out. And he's ready to let that go. We will give a warm welcome to Mr. Corwin Millett with Exit Strategies Radio Show. Did I get it right, brother? Yes, sir. You got it right, my How man. How you doing, man? Man, I am phenomenal, man. What about you? Oh, man, this is a beautiful thing, brother. It's uh, I'm, Actually, I'm good. I was running behind today because I was taking care of some, uh, you know, there's always something comes up. Nobody don't want seller. you, man, until somebody else got you, man. Look here, that is in life, relationships, <laughs> and that's also business. Nobody don't want you to list their house until 20 other people don't call you by listing theirs. That's <laughs> and, and, you know, it's funny you say that. I, tell, I say the same thing with... Uh, uh, you know, houses sit there, sit there, and the buyers are like, I saw the house, it was, and now it's under contract, but it was out there for 30 days. Nobody wants it, so everybody wants it, right? Exactly. So, so we find that's the name of the game. So, well, brother, um, Corwin. Yes, sir. You've been in this business for 19 years. That's a lot, a lot of houses being sold. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's a lot of communication with clients, uh, contractors, vendors, you name it, correct? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Well, brother, uh, you know, we always want to take it back from ground zero. You know, I, I've always said that I got into the business based off of me. I wanted to be a flipper. I'd done some flips, but that would, that got, that encouraged me. Mm -hmm. 
People always want to know what was that spark? What was that itch? What made Corwin say, I need to get my license and I need to be selling real estate? So, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, I, I, this this is my story, man. I mean, you know, we all, you know, got one. We got to be able to articulate Correct. it and share it. So, mm-hmm. you know, my, my great-grandfather, man, raised me. I was raised by my great-grandparents. You know, my mother, um, she married a guy, moved away when I was a kid, and I didn't like the guy um, then. I love him now. Um, okay. He's divorced, and I love him. <laughs> gotcha, um, gotcha. But, you know, we talk all the time. He's just at my house the other day when he visited town. Okay. But, um the, the, the shorter version is they raised me. So my great grandfather was a carpenter, used to work on houses. So as a kid, man, mm-hmm. I followed him around. He moved, I moved. That's where I, that's where I learned manhood from. And mm-hmm. I was on houses, under houses, all through houses, making repairs, building houses, all that stuff with them. So I got an affection for houses from him, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't like the work. I didn't like mm-hmm. that labor, that physical labor, carrying them shingles up, them ladders and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, or scuttling in the houses. But he also did what I know to be property management so he oversaw properties for for you know for family um for you know other associates collected rents made repairs their properties you know all that kind of stuff so fast forward you know man i'm you know i'm you know i'm young young man and trying to figure out life you know we all we always got that thing all twisted man you know what i'm saying and i'm trying to figure out life and i'm looking and saying okay i'm reading all the financial magazines i mean i was reading Kiplage's Black Enterprise, mm. Wall Street Journal. I mean, everything that was financial about money, man, I was on it. And everything I saw brought me around to the fact that everyone with wealth had real estate. Mm. So then I tapped back into the roots. Okay, well, look, I know about houses and all this kind of stuff. So boom, here we go. So I wanted rental property. I want investment property, rentals and okay. stuff, right? So that, that was mm. my drive. And then when I got the license, Mike, man, I was like, wait a minute, I can, because I did all this studying beforehand and decided, okay, I'm going to go after the license. Mm-hmm. And when I got the license, I said, wait a minute, I can help other people do what I want to do. So boom, let's go. So I've been beating down doors, man, shaking trees, man, for all these years to encourage, motivate, inspire, assist, any other number of adjectives you want to put to it to get people to do the same thing that I want to do for myself. Mm. That's it right there. You know, you you said so many great things. We're going to unpack that. Um, There's a lot of social media out there that, and Mm -hmm. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it, but I think some people can be misled. Uh, And again, it's all about perspective and how you see things. There's nothing wrong with having a real estate license. It's Mm -hmm. it's this sentiment around like, hey, you know, you you got a license. Well, and you want to be invested now. You shouldn't get, you shouldn't do that. You can still be an investor without a license, uh-huh. but it adds the extra cherry on top. Because if I can't get the deal, maybe I can put someone onto it and get uh-huh. a commission out of it. Either uh-huh. way, I can benefit, right? Yep. So what do you say? And again, I'm asking for your perspective, even though I just gave mine. What do you say to people who say to investors, telling other up and coming people, don't worry about no real estate license. Nah, no, you don't need to be doing that. Just, just go ahead and uh, see if you can move forward, flipping this house or or, or, or short-term rentals, whatever that looks like from an investor standpoint. What do you say to that? So, you know, I ask a question first, because so, you know, in, in South Carolina, you know, you know, I'm licensed in North Carolina, but, you know, I don't want to, you know, call the rules on that one um, without reviewing, without refreshing. But in South Carolina, you get a different set of rules to play by when you're an investor. You know, you okay. got disclosure and all this other stuff that you got to do 
And you have to, as an investor with a real estate license, you can't, how do I, how do I want to frame this? Matter of fact, let me just say it plain because I'm on your show. I'm going to say it plain. We can't take advantage of the, 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 the other party mm-hmm. as, a, as an agent. No matter what our position is, mm-hmm. we can't take advantage. Mm-hmm. When you have a license, you can't take advantage. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to play by those rules, then get a license. You can do this. You can do that. You can do this. And you still got a lot of leeway. But for those people that want to, quote unquote, position themselves to win and don't care about the other person losing, they don't need a real estate license because that's not that's not their arena. They're they're not real estate agents. They are trying to win and they don't care who loses. Mm, mm. I, I like that. Yeah, you know, I, I it's just so many, like I said, good things you said with that. It, so in South Carolina, I'm quite sure pretty well, all states should be. It can't just because you well, you have the knowledge, you've been through the schooling, certifications. You mm-hmm. have to, it's more of a touchy area, correct? When you're, is, exactly. is, that, is that what I'm hearing correctly? So, so you got to, so when you go in, the, you go in, you know, seller, whoever wants to see this house, I'm wants to sell this house. You go in, mm-hmm. you make an offer. Well, number one in South Carolina, you got to disclose them and tell them that you're an agent. Correct. You know, with your license. Correct. Number two, if that consumer were to ask you or say to you or challenge you, which I mean, to be blunt, they should, mm-hmm. you, you're making them an offer based upon what's attractive to you. If they were to ask you, well, can I get more money for this, for this house? If you are an investor only, then mm-hmm. you're going to tell them whatever you want to tell them, which Correct. you're going to tell them, well, you know, whatever. You're going to sell them on your deal. On the other side of it, though, if you're an agent, if you're a licensed agent and they ask you that question, then you got to give them an honest answer. You can't fluff. You can't fabricate. You can't do anything, and I don't. I'm not advising people to be fluffing and, and fabricating. Correct. But you got to answer that question honestly, and not every real estate investor will answer that question honestly. They want the mm-hmm. deal. If they can get that house for fifty percent on for fifty cents on the dollar, then they want to buy for fifty cents on the dollar, even though that person could legitimately get ninety cents on the dollar. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 the reality is I'm not saying you're doing you're not doing anything wrong depending upon what seat you're in mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. an agent your seat is different you mm-hmm. sit higher you sit higher correct you're in a position of I, I want authority is not the right term but you're in a, in a different position in that transaction and you and and when you're an agent you have a responsibility to the public. <clears throat> Correct. You don't have a responsibility when you're just an agent because you're a member of the public. You can do whatever you want to do. <clears throat> so Correct. That, that's the difference in it. You know, and I'm, and you know, I, I had, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you, so look here, I'm going to give you a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an investor client. He died on me some years <clears throat> ago. He died on me in 2014 on Valentine's Day. Had a, mm. um, a heart attack. Um, but, you know, he was, and, and, and very transparent, man. I, you know, I don't know you know, but white guy, very trans, you know, I'm very transparent. He was an agent and I met him. He owned a bunch of property all over, scattered all mm, over. Mm. I think when I met him, man, he owned over, he, he owned at least 70 some odd. At one point in time, he had a hundred and some odd doors. I mean, wow. scattered. that dude just buying property, mm. renting, flipping, doing everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So he was licensed and I did a deal with him. We hit it off, had a good rapport. 
maybe about six months or so, might have been a year afterwards, that guy called me out of the blue about a house. And I and I asked, you know, I he called, you know, when he asked, well, what? In my head, I'm like, well, man, are you licensed? What am I? Correct. But he and then so so I I, I said, well, I said, well, what's going on? He said, well, I ain't got a license no more. I said, well, wait a minute, what? He said, he said, man, I turned that thing in, man. I ain't want that thing no more. Cause it because he didn't want to do all that paperwork and all the other stuff he had to do having a real estate license. Mm. So we worked together, man. He was buying and selling. We bought and sold several houses. He flipped or renovated houses he owned, sold those off, bought other ones. You know, he had this little thing. You know, he, he worked right here. Same kind of house. He he put the same things in. He had this whole system, which I know that you and anyone else who does this consistently do, you build a system. So he built Correct. a system and he identified a house and that's what we went and did. And we did a lot of deals. But he got rid of the license for the same reason. Hey, when I do it this way, I got to do all this paperwork. I don't want to do all that stuff. I just want to buy the house. I want to go work on it, fix it. I want to put it back on the market. Boom. So he paid me a commission. I made a commission when I bought it. He paid me a commission to sell it. He didn't argue with me about, about my commission because mm-hmm. I ain't argue with him about his money. <laughs> correct, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, well, well I do like what well, well, the moral of that story is. If you get your license, don't leave nothing out. Be honest and ethical and you'll last. Right. Boom. There you go. Uh, that that setup there with the investor, he just he didn't want to help clients. He didn't want to help a buyer. He didn't want to help a seller. He was only for his for his for his thing in terms of, I want to be able to flip, get properties, flipping myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything else. And there's nothing wrong with that. But again, you want to be honest and ethical, so this way you can play the game long, right? Mm-hmm. Long ball, uh, man. Long ball. Long game, and and, and we yeah. all know real estate is a long game. You agree? Yes, sir. I do. Long, great, long game. So, okay, let, let me scale back a little bit. Nineteen years into the business, you've ran to probably this profile of a client plenty of times. I take it. Whereas though, you work with investors, mm-hmm. they want to use you to help mm-hmm. buy property, flip it, or and then do the resale. Mm-hmm. Now we we got to get to the part where we say, listen, this is the deal from hell. Actually, they just don't know. I want to get rid of them, but I'm holding on. I am holding on to this. To, to, to I, I finally close because I've been in so in this deal so long. I got stressed. Probably picked up extra gray hair. Uh, 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 I'm losing money, but I want to get rid of them. Matter of fact, when this deal is over, with, they should never call me again. So, without giving no names, brother, walk us down that deal and tell me what was the end result of that. So, you know, I'm big on a, on, a, on a few things, man. Um, I'm very big, Mike, on treat others like you want to be treated. Mm. Um, now, I ain't saying that you got to quote unquote look out for them, but mm-hmm. let's not cut corners. Mm-hmm. Let's not, um, you know, try to get things over and, and such. So I, I had, a, had a client one time. They bought this property. And, um, you know, they bought the property. I wasn't an agent. Um, I forgot how they even got to me. But when they when they initially, well, when they started this process, um, matter of fact, I know how they got to me. Their agent engaged me and brought me in. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit. They bought, they essentially bought a piece of junk. I mean, it was a terrible property. If I was their agent, I would not have advised them to buy it. I knew um, 
some of the, the player on the other side of the transaction and I knew how they did things because I'd had some other issues in the past on the mm-hmm. transaction with them. Mm-hmm. So they buy this property and when they start cutting the walls open, they find the wall was stuffed with newspapers at the top of the wall mm-hmm. to catch the water before it leaked down the wall. Wall. <laughs> wow. Like so, yeah. So, so you know, obviously that's the first. That was the first red flag, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. The second red flag, the plumbing started to fail, so it was mm-hmm. little at first. So there's a vacant unit. So usually, when you have plumbing, and any investor that's really seasoned and, and dealt with properties that's been vacant for a while, you know, when you go in and start using the plumbing, and it has been used in a while, then you're really subject to have backups and stuff until that system kind of gets acclimated again. And so we started having backups. Okay. Initially, okay, well, this vacant units, that's normal. You know, then it kept going and it kept growing. Well, what happened was, again, nobody asked the questions. So they started with the plumbing failing, cast iron pipes, everything started failing. Sewage backing up everywhere. This is where I got off. So where I got off was the owner didn't want to fix it. They knew what it was, tried to do everything to circumvent it. And it was expensive to, to address. I, I get it. I understand. But they didn't want to fix it. And they expected for the people to stay. They expected for the residents to stay in that situation. That's not, that's, that's not, we're not doing that. So we got off. We got off. So that's one. Um, you know, I've had, you know, clients, I, I had one that, um, and this was a bad situation. Um, a, you know, out of town investor, um, somehow or another got hooked up with a local contractor. They're not local. They're on the other side of the country. It might've been further, might've been, they were, they were away from here. Let's put it that way. Contractor know me because I did a deal that they happen to be involved in as a contractor. Well, short version is they had the guy buy a house, which, okay, we took the house down. Contractor's going to do the work. I'm going to sell the house again. Well, the contractor took the money but didn't do the work. So when I went, when I'm at the house, the, the, the owner's thinking the house is finished. And I'm, I go look, I'm like, oh, this ain't done. So mm-hmm. I'm sending pictures and all that stuff. And we got to a place where, hey, this ain't happening. I'm not the contractor. Now, if you want me to find you somebody else, I don't have a problem doing it. But you right. got to direct me on that. I, I work, represent you. I got your back. You direct me. I'm going to go do it for you. But until that's right. then, that's who you wanted. That's who you got. You're trying to fix it and work it with them. And it is not happening. So we got to a place of, well, this ain't going to work this way. And now you want to scrap. I'm okay. I'm going to get off right here. This is my stop. I'm okay. Because what I what because what I would have liked to have done, I'll, I'm okay not doing, which mm. is getting someone else and let's move this thing forward. I get it. So we, we parted amicably because you had a problem and you were going to take legal action elsewhere. I ain't had nothing to do with it. Don't know Correct. what the guy got. Don't know anything about it other than the fact that what you told me was done wasn't done. Mm. So 
as an agent working in those environments, I'm very sensitive to, we want to do a good product. If we're flipping a house, my client's flipping a house, a good product, and I'm spoiled. I have a client, Mike, man, that, I mean, it's a, 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 I work with a lot of clergy, you know, pastors and all that kind of stuff, churches, I work a lot of so I have a lot of those contacts and, and work with a lot of those groups. I have a, a client of mine, pastor and his, his wife, it's her ministry to flip houses. Mm. She she puts these houses together for single mothers nice. and, and, and older church mothers and stuff like that because she, she wants them to have quality and decent housing, right? And she does everything. If somebody tells her, hey, this needs to be done, that's what it is. She don't care how much it costs. Or I'll, well, let me phrase that. She care how much it costs, but she's not going to let an expense hinder her from doing what is right. Correct. That's the kind of investor I like to work with. The ones mm. that want to get it right, want to do a good quality product, want to give somebody a very good home and make some money in the process. Them the best. Correct. 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 You know, I, I just got to, like I said, unpack the, you know, just everything what you just said. The moral of that story is, there's nothing wrong with finding your client, <laughs> real estate professional. There's nothing wrong with cutting that chain, as he said, get off the bus. Here's where my stop ends. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you would hate that the relationship would go sour, but they probably dealing with some more personal things that let it spill into the professional. Mm-hmm. Um, 19, I, I'm reflecting back, 19 years in the business, and your agent or your broker, where were you at in South Carolina? Was, so... I'm a broker. broker. Um, okay. I have about 17, 18 agents in our company right now. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, okay. So, like I said, we're going to speak to that. I want you to walk me through what do you see on your side being the broker of the firm and some of the, the hiccups that a new agent broker, new agent or, or broker is facing from their side, meaning, okay, the brokerage says, hey, we give you X, but then we see from your side, you have to do Y, because this is a marriage, right? Business relationship. So Mm -hmm. what are you seeing? That's one question. And how can they correct whatever they say? Okay, well, I'm not getting this, so I'm not getting whether leads or example. How can they correct that? So go ahead and elaborate on that, please. So I see a lot, Mike. So, you know, so I'm going to speak on it from one perspective and you, uh, one angle. If you tell me to go a different one, I can go a different one as well Mm because there's several. One of the biggest ones is that agents don't understand business. Mm. So, you know, there are a number of models that exist. You know, we have everything from the mom and pop small brokerage we have the larger companies, we have, you know, high split models, you know, 100% models, you know, we got all that stuff now, but it's business. So if you run in a 100% split, higher split model, then you know what that means? That means you got a nickel and dime and fee your agents and you got to have a lot of them in order for the brokerage to be successful. Because brokerage is not, you know, people automatically think that brokerage is the best thing ever and the most profitable thing there exists because mm-hmm. of the fees that come in, what they don't realize the majority of fees go out the door with the agent and the agents don't understand that coming in. Mm-hmm. So if you go with a more traditional brokerage, a more traditional split, then that means that in order for your company to be able to provide you with the resources, the assistance, the technology, and all these other things, 
you got to be doing some business. So you ain't just sitting around here, chit-chatting, hanging around the water cooler, sipping coffee all day that, you know, and, and so forth and so on and eating out the snack box. You got to do some work. So that is probably the, the, the biggest thing from the broker side, just observing that, you know, agents don't get that the model that you're in to understand the business part of it, mm. that your brokerage don't just have money because they're a real estate brokerage. Because mm. that's what many of them think. Correct. The other part of that, and, and I'm, a, I'm, you know, I always got some ditties for you, so I'm going to share one with you. But the other part is the agent being committed to their business. Everybody wants a lot of business, but are you committed? You know, my son, my son, um, he, 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 he told me the other day, he called me childish. So I was in DC this, this week, this weekend, okay. you mm -hmm. know, wife had a conference. So I, I traveled with her cause you know, she likes to try, likes me to travel with us. So I'll travel with her. So we fly up on Friday morning, Friday afternoon. I submitted two offers for two different clients while I'm in DC negotiate one Friday night, get it ratified Saturday morning. The other one I got returned on yesterday. Wife jokes. Every time we go out of town, I sell something. Every time I go out of town, I sell something. So when I got back, I flew back in. We flew back in on Sunday. So on Sunday, I got off the plane Sunday, early afternoon, drove home, dropped my wife off, bags off, went down the street, grabbed my cousin, and drove two hours away to go take a look at a property because I caught a leave for that property on Saturday while I was in DC. My mm. son called my oldest, he's 28. He called, he said, You did, he said, wait a minute, you did what? He said, Did I hear you say you you went to went to Mars? I said, Yeah. He said, Man, you childish. Hungry. Let's go. I was in DC earlier this month for the NAR annual conference. I was there about a week. I flew back on Thursday. I got in, landed, left the airport, straight to the office, in the office for like maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours, if that. Went out that afternoon with one of my agents door knocking in the community because we got some houses to sell around there. Most don't have that level of commitment, Mike. They're not gonna, they wanna go, they wanna relax, they wanna do everything else. And that is from the other side, what, what I see missing. I had a, had an agent number of years ago, you know, number of years ago, and I'm, you know, independent broker at that time. And, you know, I, I'm, I had leads that I was paying for getting provide. Cause I've always been big on providing leads and opportunities to mm -hmm. my agents. That's always Correct. been a thing for me. If I'm going to have you in here, I want you to eat. So let me, let me feed you. Mm -hmm. You got to work them, but let me feed Correct. you. Correct. Correct. Agent tells me, man, says to me, well, I don't want to work leads. I want the business that you got. You want what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So I've been doing this. My business is referral and all that stuff. So you want Correct. me to give you my referral business and work leads? You Seriously? Completely blew me away. Needless to say that agent didn't last with me very long. Time to go. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to work. Correct. I'm paying for spending my money to provide you leads that I'm not charging you a referral fee for. I'm giving them. Michael used to give them. Correct. So I got myself out of the lead generation business this, this year. While we do pro provide leads, we provide them with other sources, or through other sources, 
so that we're not paying for them. Because mm-hmm. if I'm generating and giving and you're not, and I'm not charging you anything for them, you at least give me the reciprocity of bringing the business back by closing it. Correct. And that is one of the things, man, that some agents, some, not all, some just don't get. They mm-hmm. think that their broker is supposed to provide them and give them the business. Mm-hmm. Not the case. Are you looking for a real estate brokerage to help you buy or sell your property? The Headley Group Realty is here to assist you with that process. We also hire brokers to join us and give them the best training and mentorship, leading to a great office atmosphere and an attractive commission structure. Our goal is to show homeownership at the highest professional level and empower the real estate business. If you're interested in buying or selling your property, visit www.theheadleygroup.com or call us at 336-904-6212. We look forward to partnering with you. Well, well, you know, well, we're going to get in touch on the, the lead part, which is a perfect segue, but I want to dive back into what you just now said. I've always said there's two things that I can't teach. I can assist, try to develop. Uh, you can watch the behaviors around you, try to pick up on it. But initiative and commitment, I can't teach that. Right? Mm-hmm. Like like either, either you have it or you develop it or you don't have it. Right? So, and, and I think that part in terms of real estate school, you know, we going through the school, you know, you're getting the, the, uh, uh, the, the information to pass the exam. You're getting that part. But I think they should really ask them. They should do like psychological tests and it's kind of see where you at. Like, l- listen, okay, we get that part, but really 80% of it is a psychology part, right? The level of commitment, the, co- the, the initiative, the, the extra, the stuff from a mindset, setting your mind on that frequency of I'm closing. Now, outside factors, the market, you know, you can't help if a buyer says, I want to work with you, but decide to go down the street. That's minimum. But the big piece of it is the commitment and the initiative, right? That part, I guess, you know, you can't really get that from brokers. Now you can, like I said, look at others around the ones who are doing it, but I guarantee you they hold the lion's share of commitment and showing a lot of initiative. And that's why they got the business that they have, which you just mm-hmm. clearly explained. Um, segue leads people on here watching. They said his brother been in the game 19 years. He got to have some good lead sources. Uh, you know, he don't have to give all his secrets up. If he can drop one or two down so somebody can pick up from whether it's paid or free or just an action step. You mentioned something a second ago, and actually we just did that last week in terms of door knocking. I think even though it's outdated, but I think it's one of the best things you can do. Mm-hmm. But let me hear it from you, brother. Leads. What can an agent new or seasoned do to say, I need more leads? So, you know, my real talk, man, I am terrible, terrible at follow-up. Mm. Terrible. Appreciate your I honesty. Am, I am. And I'm, and I'm honest with that. And the reason, well, there's no reason. There's never an excuse. Mm-hmm. What I could do better is put people in, make sure they're getting constantly contacted, all those things, etc. What I do, and I ain't going to say I do it well, but I must do it well enough. I'm, I'm decent at making sure that people are heard. Mm. When people come to you with a need, 
or an idea, a spark, if you will, that I want to buy a house, I'll need to sell a house or what have you. They want to be heard. Oftentimes, we have a tendency to talk over people. Mm. Okay, we need to sell. We're gonna do this, and we go. We don't. We don't calculate the commission check. We <laughs> down the road. But I hear people, and I listen. I take my time. I run at their pace. Now that don't mean that I don't bump into them and nudge them a little bit. Hey, let's speed up a little bit. But I run at their pace so that they don't feel like they were just a transaction, just a statistic. I had a young lady, I just helped her recently with her purchase. And, um, you know, she is, you know, single, you know, just just got life in front of her. Beautiful soul. Now her mother, her mother called me about her. I talked to her about something else, but then she started talking about her daughter needing to buy a house. Well, her mother bought a house that one of my investors, investor I talked about, had flipped years ago. She had a different agent, <laughs> but she remembered me. She's like, you on the other side of the transaction, but you made the transaction. So mm. she called me, gets the daughter connected to me, and I took my time with her daughter. And her daughter said to me, we might have been, matter of fact, we would enter the transaction. Her daughter says to me, um, Corwin, thank you. Like, What's up? I mean, I'm. what's up? Mm-hmm. She said, you know, whenever I call, you know, I know I'm not your only client, but you made me feel like I was your only client. When I called you, you mm-hmm. answered it. You called me right back. You listened to me cry. You gave me tissue. You did all these things. And I know that you're busy, but you were never too busy for me. Mm-hmm. And that right there, that right there is how you build your business. We mm. look for lead sources, but leads you got to call. None of the people don't know you. But when you're able to touch someone and provide impact, Mike, you take your business from one to five, from five to 30, from 30 mm. to 100. You accelerate your business because you take care of people and people then bring you the business. If you can't call, if you can't call, one of your past clients and they give you somebody else to talk to, you haven't done your job. You haven't. You ought to be able to pick up the phone if you had only one client. That one client should be singing your praises. One thing I used to do when I first started in the business good, you know, my first year, so I'm, I'm going to give you the run. I, I got my license in, in May of 04. Um, I, my first calendar year, I wrote two or three contracts in my first year, so in 2000, 2004, but I didn't start closing transactions until January of 2005. I closed about five transactions, five to nine transactions in 2005. In, 2000, in, in 2006, I closed 20 some odd transactions. Now, mind you, this is all as a single agent. Mm. I had a full-time job, man. I was a retail manager. So I had a full-time retail job, which means I was in a store all day long and I mm. still did 20 some odd transactions. I, t- I talked to everybody, people that came in the store. See, I think we missed an opportunity. See, you know, 
and I'm a, I'm, I'm a mess with you a little bit. And I'm gonna take, I'm, I'm gonna take you with me, but just bear with me for a minute. Back in the day, in your club days, it used to be sport. You walk up to them at the bar, you see them, okay, and you stayed on them until you got them, right? That's it. Now, a lot of agents, man, can't be too stalkerish, but go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but you look here. You, got you, you got made you, sure got the you. cup. You made sure the cup ain't go dry. Exactly. And you made sure you know what was moving, right? Get her another drink. Anything exactly. You want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, and I say this jokingly, man, but it's yeah. real. It's real. Correct. As agents, we're, we're we're we have to be pickup artists. We got to be able to pick them up. But so many agents, they sitting around waiting for somebody for a seller or buyer to pick them up. Mm. You got to learn how to pick them up. You got to learn how to. Hey, look here. You want to? Okay, you want to do what? You got to learn how to put how to you know and, and forgive it, but it's real. You got to learn how to spit game, but your That's game it. is real estate. And if you That's can't it. spit that real estate game, you ain't going to get that buyer to go and buy a house with you. You ain't going to get that seller to invite you over so you can sell theirs. That's where we mess up, man. So many agents are sitting around waiting to be picked up instead of out here picking up clients. You can pick them. I picked up a, a buyer at the store across the parking lot, man, today. Nice. All you got, look here. She looking at my shirt. Look here. You look at me too hard. You look here. You go. You look here. We gonna talk. Pick them right on up. Okay, bet you need to be in my home buyer workshop this weekend. Let me get you this flyer. Let's go. Mm-hmm. We don't do that, man. We and and that's 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 one of the challenges that agents find. They're not good at pick. They're uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable. Mm. If I got a good waitress, a great a waiter, when I go out to eat. I'm trying to pick them up as an agent from my office. Mm. So if you got that level of service and skill, That's then right. you need to be over here where you can make you some real money. Great point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, man. I'll keep going with this thing well, here, man. Well, well, no, brother. All this is some good stuff here. I mean, this is because what happens is, you know, we get a lot of get you know, core of our audiences, uh, investors and brokers and agents. And mm-hmm. again, a, a new one can pick up so many great Jews, you, you said. And I kind of here at my office, I kind of push the same tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the core of all of that, what I got of that, is effective communication. Right? Ah. <laughs> you got not to communicate. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that whether it's nonverbal or verbal, you have to mm-hmm. know how to communicate. Like you just said, hey, back in the days, you know, you talking to somebody, you know, you're yeah. out and about, you're trying to win them over. It's mm-hmm. a great book by Grant Cardone called "Seller Be Sold." Awesome, right? And um, it was like every time you open your mouth you're selling something there's always you always selling you always on right mm-hmm. um i like that brother i want to transition over to like i said the 19 years into the business and and you've seen some markets up and down mm-hmm. like myself as well uh considering what we got going on with this whole debt ceiling thing which mm-hmm. you know actually i told the team that yes that does impact us impacts yeah. everyone mm-hmm. if things is not addressed we're in a recession and it may get a little more deeper mm-hmm. from them. Your 19 years of experience, where do you see things going and how can a broker agent navigate through this firestorm that we, that we're in? So, um, one of my friend past client of mine he used to be in the car business. Um, he actually sold me a couple of cars and, um, he used to say this thing. He says, Corwin, business is slow, 
for slow-minded people. Mm. Now, during the recession, so I, you know, I started in 04. So mm-hmm. we know what happened in 07, 08, 09. Mm-hmm. Man, that thing got brutal. I went full-time in real estate December of 2006. Full-time. And no job. No no retail store no more. Mm. Full-time. And I've been full-time. I tell people that in 07 and 08, like 07 was a break, was another uh, 07, 08 additional breakout years for me. One of those two years, I did like 40 some odd transactions as a single agent in a market that was crashing. Correct. And and I tell people I was too stupid to know any better. I didn't Mm. get focused on all the things that was happening around the industry. I got focused on the core, what people needed. People mm. always need housing. Correct. Period. It's a fundamental need. So I focused on the people that needed housing and we worked and hustled to get people into housing, even in a declining market. It gave us leverage for negotiation, but it gave us a fever because we had to be fast. Because you market it today. Tomorrow, it might be worth this. So we had to hustle to get people in. So what I've been advising our group here, what I tell any agent is to focus on the core. Yes, you're right. There is going to be an impact in the industry if we were, if we do have this issue of default by not raising this debt ceiling. Yes, it's going to impact people. One, you're going to stop. You're going to impact the economy because you're going to slow the money coming from the government into the street. You're going to have upsets in programs because there's no funding. Other things are going to have to happen. Yes, all those things are going to happen. But fundamentally, people still need housing. So if you focus on the fundamentals of meeting people where they are, meeting people with their need, you won't see a significant upset. Will you see some fluctuation? Yeah. But it's mindset. Interest rates went up. And everybody is paying. I just talked to an agent, a broker, actually, earlier today. And they're telling me that everybody is telling them, because they're they're a practicing broker, single, single firm agent, single agent firm, just them. And they're telling me that all their people are not buying because interest rates are high. Interest rates are low in comparison to what they were. Correct. You're focused on, and you're letting them focus on a temporary issue Instead of the bigger picture of, hey, I need to have a house. I'm over here paying rent. So what's your interest rate on that rent? 100%. Correct. But you worried about a 6% interest rate. I think you got better odds to go ahead and buy. You're letting them focus in the wrong, in, in the place that's hindering them instead of focus on the opportunity to move them forward. That's what we as brokers got to get our agents to understand and realize. And as agents, we have to embrace and understand that we're meeting a fundamental need. Everybody want to talk about social media, got people always talking about wealth, investing and all this other stuff, but nobody has a fundamental understanding of any of it. Mm. At the base, at the base on real estate, it is about housing. Correct. Who you housing, if it's your house, your roof for you or your roof for somebody else. Ultimately, we're talking about housing and people need shelter. So if you focus on that fundamental, you will have a plethora of business. 
But if you focus on all the hindrances, all the obstacles, you will have none. I like that, brother. I, I mean, you said so many great things there. It's, you know, people ask all the time, uh, uh, particularly, you know, the team. Okay, well, what's your thoughts on the market? Like, where you see things going? But I like what you said. Stop focus on the outside and focus on exactly like what you just said. People need housing. I've always right. compared it to the the Kentucky Derby, you know, when, when the horses they put them blinders on for a reason. Right? Mm-hmm. So the horse ain't over there, the horse over there focus exactly on what's in front of them. You can't control that. Stop mm-hmm. trying to control the uncontrollable. You can't get away with that, right? Mm-hmm. Because people will buy. Like you, brother, you've been in the game 19 years. You've seen this. Yes. Right? I've been in business 15 uh-huh. years. I've seen this. So mm-hmm. when the dips come, that's where opportunity lies. Exactly. So that means that maybe I need to segue my business just a little bit to them investors. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to segue to people who may have issues with payments, right? So this way mm-hmm. I'm sending, I might be sending them letters. Hey, maybe get yep. the house on the market, right? Mm-hmm. You just adjust the strategy just a little bit instead of focus on what you did maybe a year or two ago to get that client because that's a different kind of environment. You, you won't probably won't get the same results. Exactly, exactly. Gordon, brother, listen, you really enlighten us with so many great jewels, brother. Like, I mean, it's... I mean, we could sit here and talk for hours. You knew are definitely now alumni of the show because we got to do a part two. Um, brother, we asked every guest for two golden nuggets, man. You gave us so many. Give us two great golden nuggets, whether it be a book, scripture, or quote, something that people can just say, okay, let me reflect back on that on from Corin's interview. Man, look here. Um, so, I mean, I look, I'm going to give you... Um, I'm going to start with this one. Don't stop. You know, look here. Um, as some people like to joke and say, Uncle Luke, you go back to them days. Don't stop. Get it. Get it. Don't stop. Get it. Get it. That right there is probably one of the most basic and fundamental. And it sounds it's entertaining. And, and people that remember, you know, them years, they, they'll, they'll probably play some of that back. But don't stop because what happens is we oftentimes are looking for the quick fix. So we do a particular thing and we don't get the quick fix and then we stop doing it. But if we would have kept doing it, we would have reached our goal. Mm. So don't stop generating leads. You are a lead generation machine. Always. That's what you do every day. If you got 50 leads, go get 50 more. Keep generating leads because in those leads, you create additional opportunities. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Don't stop. Get it. Get it. The second part or the, 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 the number two that I that I would say would be along the vein and making sure that we speak to others the way that we and speak to and of others the way that we would like to be spoken to and spoken about. We have a tendency to gripe, complain, criticize, and bring all this negative energy into our lives and into our spaces because we want to critique instead of compliment. There is opportunity in that. I I joke with like my lenders, like one of my lenders, you know, when she calls me um, or if I call her, I say to her, I say it just like this to Mike. I say, hey, money. 
That's how I talk to it. Mm. I said, people don't know how to talk their money. Y'all all Correct. mean and vicious because you ain't got, you don't feel you got enough money to make it through the month. So mm. you're talking mad to your money and your mm. money get upset with you and it don't act right. Mm. You got to learn how to talk to your money, but you got to learn how to talk to people. And for agents, for brokers, you got to learn how to talk to your agents. You can't talk to them all the same way. Sometimes you got to back up off of them and approach them differently to get them to understand the same thing that you can say to this one this way. You got to say it over here differently. Agents, your consumers are the same. So learn to talk to people how you want to be. You, you can't be nasty, mean, and mean-spirited towards people. The other agent Correct. on the other side of the transaction. No. Mm-hmm. Let me. You're going to get a lot more flies, if you will, or better flies without honey than you will that venom. You know, you're going to get them fat ones. You know, you're going to get them fat ones with, with honey. You're going to get the most skinny, narrow ones with that vinegar. So make sure that you're talking to and that when you speak to people, that, that you're embracing people because that embracing is an invitation. You're inviting people. People will call you because they like to talk to you. Mm. Brother, let me say something, man. This is, has been a very good, very good interview. Um, I'm sitting there, like I said, you see me kneeling down. I got the pen in the hand because I was writing some notes down because I'm always, uh, 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 not always, but a continuous lifelong learner. And mm-hmm. I feel as though I don't know it all. I'm always pick up a good jewel mm-hmm. or two that I can implement in my business. Brother, is there a question that I didn't ask you that you would love to answer? Mike, there ain't a question that you asked that I don't think I wouldn't answer. Mm. Um, so, um, you know, we, we got to be be open. We're in a service industry. Correct. You know, we provide service to people. So the short answer to the question is no, you didn't. But, you know, just be reminded, everyone who's listening, no matter what side of the serve of, of, of it you're on, if you're an investor, if you're an agent, you're a broker, you all provide service to someone, essentially. You're looking to make money as an investor, but you're looking to help someone save their home. You're looking to make money as an agent. You're looking to help somebody provide wealth. As agents, we're looking, excuse me, as brokers, we're looking to help our agents create a business and build a business. We're all looking to serve someone. You cannot serve someone and yourself from the same spoon at the same time. Mm. So there has to be some sacrifice in there somewhere or another, somewhere. So, Mike, man, I appreciate you having me on the show today, my brother. You know, so let me tell you, lady, let me tell you, audience here. Now, you can tell this brother got a radio show because he is true, true inspirational. I got to ask him one question. I ain't got to ask him 10 questions to get that answer out. He gave us a ton, a ton of wealth of knowledge. And again, Coleman, we want to thank you for being on the Heavy Good Real Estate Show. And like I said, I was honored to be on your show. Um, thank you. Listen. You're an alumni, and uh, we're going to end off in saying thank you again. We'll see you all next time on the Good Real Estate Show. You, you guys take it. Continue to like and subscribe. Hey, gang. I hope you really enjoyed that show. Our guests provide us some great tips and insight, and please support them on all social media platforms. And while I'm saying that, support us on all social media platforms. And don't forget, watch the entire video on YouTube. We'll see you next time.